Okay, we're here with Mr. Critical Canadian, a Canadian who is uh, critical. How are you, man? Gross. I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing decent. Um, so, obviously, this format, I ask, well, we've done a lot of information digging into Critical Canadian, trying to get his general views, and we're going to ask questions and see what he thinks. So, um, nice. what would you like to describe your political ideology as, just in general? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good start. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I thought about it, like I thought about a few of your questions. I kind of went through it and tried to try to think of how I would answer. I think over the years I've tried many different labels. You know, kind of explored as best I can. And at the end of the day, honestly, I don't I don't know if there is like one one label that you can put on what I believe. Yes, understandable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. I Try to pull from anywhere, trying to trying to be the kind of the best person that I can be, um, yeah. doing the best job that I that I can, and with the best kind of understanding that would help the most people. But um, I understand there's like cost to certain things, and not everybody gets the same fair shake of the things you do. So yeah, I have no idea what I would label myself as. That's fair enough. So, a person yeah. with a good moral compass. Should we go with that? Yeah. Yeah, ever changing too. Like, and you're always trying. Like, I'm always trying to better. If I'm, if I think I'm doing something, um, maybe bad or wrong or something that maybe I won't even agree with, I'll try to, I'll try to do my best to think about it and give myself like reasons for doing things. So, okay. But obviously, I'm not perfect. I'm only human. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Um, so something I ask everyone who uh, hops into call <laughs> is, have you done any like political work IRL or do you kind of keep it online? Um. No, I haven't really done done a ton other than like voting. Obviously, I vote um, in all the elections that I can here. Yeah, um, I've done a I've done a, a focus group for um, the education in my province. So okay. they had like a focus group of parents and stuff. But other than that, actual political I, IRL stuff, no. I wish I want to do. I'd like to do some phone banking at some point, but I'm too much of a chicken at times. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, just as a heads up, yeah. if I ever go silent for a little bit, it's because I'm, I'm I've still got the cough, so uh, I just, oh, okay. I'm going to be muting myself so I don't break your ears. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. So we're going to go through the general state of politics, and then we'll dive into your actual views. And obviously, people have also sent in their own um, questions as well. So okay. in the general state of politics at the moment, now. I have done a little bit of reading into the Canada, and I know it's not as bad as the US or arguably mm -hmm. the UK. I think we're about the same, though. Um, what would you think about like the current state of like discourse, either online or in person? Because it feels like, in uh, my opinion, everyone's <laughs> getting more extreme. Yeah, discourse online is just it's borderline pointless. Um, discussing yeah. with most people online, most people are like super aggressive, and they. Um, they just kind of assume your views without really, without really asking you any questions or diving deep into any, any part of your life. Um, yeah. and I think, yeah, I, th I think generally like offline, when you talk to people, people are pretty, pretty reasonable still for the most part, because I don't think most people are on like social media in the areas that you live in. And I think if you engage a little bit more offline, it can, it can better color the discourse that you have online. Um, yeah, I think the state of online politics is just it's just vitriolic for the most part. So that's fair enough. Do you think uh, why do you think like online's different? Do you think it's just like mainly Twitter having like a character limit, or do you think people just don't care because of the anonymity? 
however you say that word. Yeah, I think I think people don't care. I don't think I think if there was like a like a non-character limit, because you can look at Riddit. Like Riddit's a little bit better. It's not as Mental. spicy in some areas, but yeah. there's still areas of Riddit that are like super toxic, and they don't have a they don't have a character limit, right? Yeah, that's um, true. I think it's just I think a lot of it goes into the anonymity. Um, people people have kind of shitty lives <laughs> yeah They're, they feel they feel really unfulfilled really their, their lives kind of feel meaningless and the easiest quickest way for anybody to have feel like they have a little bit of power is just to bully other people yeah and on online that's super easy to do when you have when you feel like you have like the the moral footing and like the the backing from a group so yeah for sure um do you think like uh echo chambers actually exist online or do you think it's a issue which is more blown up than it actually is because obviously echo chambers um, do exist but do they exist as yeah. much as people say i think everybody lives in a little bit of an echo chamber to uh to some degree i mean even even arguably i do right like i can't have i can't have equal representation all the way around like 100 like like split evenly between all groups so i'm always yeah. going to exist in in some form of an echo chamber although i do think that some people exist in worse echo chambers than others um, I like the Brittany Simon approach where we, she calls it bubbles yeah. instead of um, echo chambers. And I think that's probably a little more accurate. Yeah. And it could just be that a lot of people have like more insular bubbles than they really should. So, Who do you think is to blame for that? Do you think it's like uh, just like Ourselves. social media? Yeah. Do you think it's like human nature then? Just people? Yeah, I, th I think a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think when you when you do have like, and once again, it kind of goes, it kind of, they all kind of tie in together. I think when you do have like, I think it tends to be the people with the that feel like they have more to lose when it comes to like friend groups or ideas or communities and shit like that. And if you already struggle to like, if you feel like you struggle to build communities, it's going to be really hard to go against the grain in the communities you exist. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wonder some days how much of the stuff that people, the stuff that people talk about or do online is for attention versus like actually believing the stuff they do. So, okay. Um, yeah could you like expand on that like what do you mean by that i think some people reason themselves into political positions or political ideas um as part of like a way to get attention from the group they're in and they think that they have built these ideas on like um you know the facts and logic but in reality yeah. it's just more built off of like um kind of what does the group want to hear or what is the group what do i think the group wants to hear um to kind of keep me keep me in line with the group so but I, I to some degree i don't think a lot of this stuff is conscious i think it's just kind of it's all like kind of background biases and things that are kind of playing yeah, on people's fair. yeah people's hearts and emotions so so do you think for example you said uh people like what the group wants to hear do you think it's mm -hmm. that or what i tend to believe it's more the information people have access to. So now that comes into what you said with like subconscious biases. So like uh, mm -hmm. a Republican might get their news from Fox. Um, so with mm -hmm. the information they have, what they believe is true, like for them. Mm -hmm. um, so do you, do you, so I guess by you saying wants to hear, is that, is that like a virtue signaling thing? Is that what you mean by that or? Um, kind of in some ways. I think like um, consuming content or media that goes a lot against like, the things you believe or the things you think is actually like really difficult. That's true. Um, yeah. 
And I think I think for some people there, and even myself, I find sometimes find myself catching the like catching myself is like I want to watch like a video or something, and I'll have a certain idea in mind about the person either making the video or the content, kind of around it, and I'll find myself kind of there's like a little little nagging voice in my head that goes, okay, well, what if they make a good point and you believe their point, right? Like, what if I have to change my mind or what if I have to confront something or what if I'm wrong? Yeah. Um, and it definitely even even myself, somebody who I try to. I try to admit when I've done wrong or when I'm not, haven't been correct. It's still, it's still a fear or like a uncomfortable feeling that I get. And I think if you're not aware of those feelings, I think you'll, I think it's really easy just to never engage with that other media. But if you're aware of those feelings, you engage with that media anyways. I think that's probably the best thing you can do. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Okay. So I think that kind of wraps up. That was pretty quick, but uh, I do agree with you. on the uh, online discourse point. Now, a question I had for you. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of your Twitter takes are on <laughs> American politics. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're Canadian, I presume, given the name. Yeah. Um, is there a reason, I'm not trying to prescribe beliefs to you, but from what I can see, no, it seems like you're more interested in American politics. Is there a reason True. for that? Or is it just... Um, laziness. laziness. Yeah. Okay. One, yeah, because what, like... Once again, it's that what media are you surrounded by, right? Yeah. There is there's a ton of American online content creators that are already talking about this, and it gives me avenues that I can travel down to think about and to um, to speak about these things because they're already in the forefront of my mind. Yeah. In some parts, that's like a failing of my own that I don't follow enough Canadian people that I could then give um, kind of takes on like surrounding more Canadian politics. No, yeah. it's not to say that I don't I don't follow them. It's just not always at the forefront of of my mind when discussing these things. So yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a failure on my part. So okay, I mean that's that's fair enough. I mean I'm the same over here. I follow. Uh, well, I've been slowly trying to follow UK politics more because it's fun at the moment. But mm-hmm. I think there's also something with American politics. It is almost like like a circus. Let's be honest. It is pretty like oh, yeah for sure shit showy uh, shit thrown. Um, so it's definitely that part. So. If that's the case, what do you what do you think is going to happen in twenty twenty four? Do you think Trump's going to run again? Man, honestly, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Okay. Um, I could I could see it happening for sure because I mean that just seems to be what the what the fan base wants. Um, although it seems to be like I don't know, it seems to be like a, that that select group of people that um, follow him. But honestly, God, I I couldn't tell you. I okay. would be I w- it wouldn't surprise me. That's understandable. Um, yeah. Do you think if he was to run, do you think he'd win? Or do you think people still have that hatred for him as they did in 2020? I think it'd be really close. If somebody if somebody was to put a gun to my head and make... And like, I've got a gun to your head. To so I've got a gun to your head right yeah. now. I would probably say yes. Okay. I would probably say yes, only because I think that like... I think people are really short-sighted and I think people are really quickly to for, like have like very sorry, short-sighted, short-term memory and are really quick to forget like how bad things were at one at one time. Yeah. And I think unless it's like constantly in your face, I think people just kind of just kind of forget. Yeah. Um yeah, and it leads to like people being like, "Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad," and it's like, "Uh, okay, <laughs> sure." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if that's if that's what you want to say, sure. Especially um, since yeah, most people, I I don't think 
super follow politics. Like they might no. read the odd headline, but um, they probably don't uh, super follow. Do you think? Do you know who DeSantis is? Ah, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Do, do you think uh, he's gonna run? Because I, I feel like it's the only time he can run. Is the only time? Yeah, I, I. I feel like if you're if you're ever gonna run now would probably be the be the time because I think if Trump wins again, I think it's kind of gonna be. I don't know. I don't know how much. I, well, I don't know. But I. People have different yeah, opinions on Trump. If he, doesn't, if he doesn't run this time and lets Trump run, it would be, I think for sure, the next time it comes around, he would. Because yeah. that would be probably the GOP's next best next best option. Have you been so. following, like, the, uh, uh, what should I call it, like, the Trump lawsuit? Like, some of his, no. like, uh, oh, okay, okay, I won't ask you about that. No. Um, but, I mean, there is a chance that he might not even be able to run uh, if he's, you know, in jail. It's hard to run for president in there. Um, okay, so that, that that's all I had for like the state of politics. There there isn't really too much going on at the moment. Uh, every country mm. seems to be like in the middle of elections, so yeah, it's kind of pretty boring. <laughs> and it seems to be every country is kind of like in the middle of like a little bit of a shit show too. So yeah, how is Canada? How is it dealing with like the uh, this post COVID world? Um, from what I've seen, it's not too terrible. It's more of some of the provinces that are kind of. Uh, a little wacky like the ucp here with daniel smith is um she's she'd be more towards that like trumpian kind of thought process um yeah. one of the worst one of the worst things about canada is if the u.s does it there's like there's a very good chance that within like the next year or two we're gonna we just follow suit with it when it comes to like politics it seems to be a trend yeah um and yeah we, we're kind of seeing that now with like daniel smith like she's like you know like uh the province isn't gonna enforce masking at all ever again um, which, you know, depending on how bad it gets, you know, you can make an argument for it because people are vaccinated now. Um, she's very much like Alberta's got to have its like freedom from the rest of Canada, um, kind of like very isolationist. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'll, it's, it'll, it'll be interesting in the next couple of years. We have an election coming up this, this March, I believe. So, all right. Okay. Yeah. It will be, uh, be interesting to watch. Uh, so you said in there, uh, that like America has, influence on canadian politics uh, oh, is, yeah. it, is, it, is it a big influence or um it's becoming more okay it's becoming more and we 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 see that from a lot of like our our truckers the way the talking points that they had were very like very similar to a lot of the um a lot of the american talking points like we're we're we don't have freedom like our democracy um is kind of like a, a sham um, I don't think we, I don't think we saw any of the, like any of the election claims. I don't I actually don't remember. Um, so it wasn't really to that degree, but there definitely is. There's, there's certain things that are, it's very influential on. So. Okay. That's um, interesting. Isolationist for Alberta is one of them. Alberta is probably the most influenced province when it comes to us politics. Right. Yeah. We've got a, a user sent in the question, so I might as well ask it now. Um, okay. what's your thoughts on like Alberts and independence? I think that's cringe as fuck. Okay. That's yeah. probably the, yeah. Can you expand on why? Um, I don't think the amount of people, I don't think the people that push for that stuff really realize what it takes to like rub, run a province or like turn a province into a country. Right. Um, we would never want that. There's a lot of like funding that we get from the, the federal level. There's a lot of, there's a lot of rights and protections that we get from the federal level. Um, that if we were to all of a sudden just ignore um, or had a province that could just ignore what the federal government did that would be that'd be pretty scary um yeah. because you never know how they how far they would be able to go with that 
Um, I don't even like the idea of like Quebec separatism. I think Quebec's got to shit or get off the pot. They either need to, they either need to put their money where their mouth is and separate, or they need to sign the constitution because this like uh, this pussyfooting around it is really annoying. And right. I think Alberta trying to do the same thing is just really, is just really cringe and really annoying because you would see. I, I personally think you would see just absolutely widespread ep- economic collapse um, if we were to all of a sudden be our own little our own little territory away from Canada. I think that would be probably probably pretty bad. So right. Uh, so I guess so. A lot of your argument there was was based. Well, I felt it was based on the efficacy of it. So like it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But as well as far as like I guess the ethics of it, would you be it, say it works in an ideal world? Uh, Alberta mm-hmm. and independence would work. Would you be for it or not really? Um, no, I still like the idea of being like having having a big country that you can be a part of. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the isolating yourselves that that hardcore is kind of silly. Um, I think one of the beautiful things is that I have all of Canada to travel to and be yep. a part of, and like every and people that I meet from all over the country are, you know, they're they're very they're very similar to like <laughs> every, the thing is is like everybody's. Everybody has so many similarities that it's so frustrating that when you see movements like these, this trying to be divisive, right? Um, and I and I think I think the the biggest thing is you should always be trying to expand your seat or the seats at your table that you're willing to like have people come and join you, yeah. um, in your society instead of like isolating yourself that hard. So no, I think even if it worked, I still wouldn't be I still wouldn't be for it. So okay, that's fair enough. So would you uh, describe yourself as quite a globalist? Yo, cat. Uh, yeah, for sure. Shout out oh, to the yeah. cat. We need an introduction. <laughs> this is this is Twerp. Hey, Twerp. She she's a she's an evil kitty, but she's a good cat. <laughs> she's she's a destroyer of worlds. Aren't she? <laughs> he is. As you are. You destroy everything you touch. But you, good girl. She uh, uh, she wears a harness right now, and if she doesn't, she actually goes like uh, she goes crazy, and she'll run out, run around the house, jump across things, scratch things up, destroy things. But as soon as you right. put this harness on, it's like the Ghostbusters uh, seal on her. It's like a <laughs> fucking seal of protection, and she stops destroying things. She's the weirdest cat we've ever owned, <laughs> but she's a good girl. So, oh, well, shout out to Twerp. What a legend. Um, okay, sick. Uh, okay, so a question I had. We're, go- we're jumping into your views here. Um, okay. What's your views on, like, obviously I'm a Brit, so interview over if you say one thing I disagree with, okay? What's your thoughts on the monarchy? <laughs> um i think the monarchy's i think the monarchy's pretty cringe um yeah yeah is this in general or just for canadia just to clarify canadia canada sorry canadia i'd probably say in general i think it was i think it was a good idea back way when when you had only the resources to educate certain people to these levels and you had like you needed somebody that was willing to take the fall for all the decisions, you know, you had your benevolent kings and things like that. I think that's, I think that shit was pretty, pretty based back way wed. But yeah. I think we've, we just as people have grown past that kind of ideal. Um, and I think still having it is just kind of, it's just kind of silly. Okay. So. Uh, man, we could jump into it, but um, I feel like I'd be arguing from a UK perspective because the only reason I support him is they add so much to our economy. But obviously, I'm okay. guessing they don't do tons for the Canadian economy. Uh, I don't no, know. They're more of like a, a check and balance system sometimes for like if if Canada's getting too out of control, right? Because um, you still need that like Governor General's approval, which can be which can kind of be a handy 
a handy tool in the tool belt for like political reasons. But overall, other than that, no, it doesn't like economy wise. I don't believe it adds anything to our economy or anything like that. But I could be totally wrong. Yes, that's understandable. I mean, I yeah. think if the monarchy didn't add that much to the UK, I, I might still be for it just because it's a big part of our culture. And I think culture is quite important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I agree with you. If, if they weren't adding a lot to our economy, I, I probably wouldn't be for them. Um, so you mm-hmm. said uh, like you the whole benevolent king and queen and stuff. So I'm presuming mm-hmm. you're not religious or anything or no. Okay. That's fair no. enough. What would you describe yourself as agnostic atheist? Uh, probably atheist. Yeah. I've had my cringe atheist phase. Um, okay. <laughs> I kind of describe myself self now as like, you know, universalistic. I don't know how to say it, but yeah. it's basically like I, I, the universe exists. Um, I don't think there's any, like any planning that goes into the universe, but I think that un- we are, we are part of the universe, experiencing the universe, and we will return to the universe. Okay. Um, so like a, a life like cycle see- of universes, basically. Yeah, basically. But there's no reincarnation. Like once you're once you're done, you're done. Okay. Um, the universe gets your gets your experience. You have the experience. You get the universe. You know, you get to see the universe and experience the things that you do, good or bad. And uh, when you're all done, you know your time is up and your experiences are done. So. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I guess one question I have for you. And okay, this yep. is a this is a big one. Okay, if okay. I mean, if you solve this, you might be up for a Nobel Prize. Okay, based. I How so. do you think the universe started? Like, where did it come from? Are you like a big banger or big banger? Oh yeah, I'm a big banger. My okay. <laughs> like, um, I read now big big brain nerd like the Stephen Hawking's A Brief Moment in Time. Yeah. He he describes the universe um, or the universes as kind of like a pot of boiling water. And yeah. as the bubbles form up from the bottom of a boiling pot, um, some of them will make it all the way to the top and some will pop as they go. I think that's just all it is. I think it's just, I think there's like, there's just a never ending cycle of universes. And okay. we just got super, super lucky probabilistically wise to be at this stage um, with no real rhyme or reason. So, okay. So you said universes. So do you believe there's mm-hmm. multiple? Yeah, I could, I could definitely see it. Okay, I guess my question is, okay, let's let's go into like the atheism. Why don't you believe in a god? Um, I don't know. Just that I don't think there's like sufficient evidence to to prove that there's like a, a higher being that is greater than us that is like, or I guess like orchestrating. I guess it depends on what you mean by a god. If you just mean a higher being, I'm sure there's probably a race out there that has like better technology than we do somewhere in the universe. Let's go for like the Abrahamic God. Like, uh, no, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's enough evidence for that. Okay. Into, into the contrary, I would say that there's probably lacking evidence for, for such claims. <laughs> this cat is legendary. I'm not, I'm loving oh, yeah, the cat content. <laughs> if, if I'm, if I'm playing, she's got to come up here and be like, yo, pet me, pet me. I'm the best cat in the world. <laughs> um, you don't so you would say there's not enough evidence. So I'm agnostic for the same reason. I just don't think we'll ever be able to know. Um, mm-hmm. so, but you said, universes so i guess my question is why would you believe in multiple universes if there's not sufficient evidence but what i should be asking is uh, is there sufficient evidence for you and what is said evidence well we have we have evidence of one existing as it is now um, okay that's a good point yeah so it's it's reasonable to expect that if our universe could pop out of existence and came from somewhere somewhere elsewhere it's reasonable to presume um to some degree that there must be other universes or okay. that when our universe finishes another universe will take will take shape 
So right. it might not even be necessarily multiple universes existing at the same time. It might be multiple universes existing in like sort of a linear fashion, right? Like one one spawns into existence, another like drops off, like that bubble pops, and then yeah. another, another bubble rises from rises from the boiling pot. So that's what the um, it's not the big freeze. It's a it's another idea. It's like as gravity pushes every planet and stuff apart it will get to the point where acceleration from each thing is pulling apart at such a pace that we'll all just like go straight back into something and then big bang again um yeah yeah basically yeah okay so just to check the reason you don't believe in a god is because they had say a god was to be proven to be real would you then Mm -hmm. well obviously you would believe in it right if it was proven to be real that's a double question for sure yeah (laughs) which i think like i think taking the atheistic claim like I don't believe there's a God until he's willing to like, just like demonstrate himself to me. I think like leaves all the, all the like onus then on the God to be like, okay, well you're like, whatever you're doing, it's not working for me. And if you're all knowing and all powerful, you should be able to make this work for me because I don't have all the power in this relationship. Um, I have like the minimal power. I'm like the child. Right. So like the adult should be able to come into the room and be like, yeah, I'm here. Don't worry about it. Like all good. And I think a lot of the times it's just, it's just people um, using like circumstances that you could, I could contribute to like this fucking cat. Right. But they use it as like, Oh, it's God because I believe it's God. So, and there's just, there's no way of actually definitively being like, ah, yes, that's your God doing that. So that cat is a God, but um, okay. I, God, I agree. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting, of assholes. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting point of view. Um, so uh, what, what's your thoughts on the, current leadership uh you seem to be a fan of biden um and i also looked into it and it seems like you're quite a big chomsky fan as well but obviously chomsky has a i mean big fan i mean he's probably he's a fan sorry i should say past, yeah i should say, i may have been hyperbolic for a, a fan um i mean as with as with anybody people make good points people make bad points okay that's uh, i think fair. he's a little off off lately with like the russia stuff from the little very very little bit i've heard but um i think there's probably good points he's made good points with like um when it was the trump biden election basically being like if you're if you're not willing to vote like you're kind of necessarily endorsing this other candidate and like you you have to like sometimes you just gotta you gotta play with the cards cards you're dealt with yeah so um yeah i think he's probably made some good points in the past but like anybody is human he's gonna he's gonna make bad points at some point so that's fair um so okay apologies for saying you're a fan i should have said uh you seem to agree with some of what he says um, no that's fair all good so okay one thing i think i can say because i'm pretty sure this tweet says it you do seem to actually be a fan of biden uh would that yeah, be fair he seems to like say? He's, yeah he seems like he's doing doing a pretty good job down there so yeah what oh, do you yeah, think of sure. his like he's... uh recent uh, what, do you, what do you think of like uh, i guess the messaging of the democrats at the moment um you know what i couldn't give you much of a take like that because i haven't seen much of their messaging okay um that's fair enough, yeah that's fair i don't enough. know yeah i'd have to i'd have to i'd say like i said when we when we say i keep up with u.s politics honestly god i barely keep up with that too just, <laughs> i don't know, <laughs> it's that's just, fair. I don't know. yeah it's lost a little bit of its fervor in the last little bit so yeah yeah i don't blame you um i mean we have like a somewhat competent leadership now so uh, it's boring. <laughs> um, okay, so you had a tweet which uh, 
I'll read it out. It says, overvalidation of mental illnesses on social media <laughs> is a yeah. cancer on people's minds. Um, yep. So I guess I wanted to kind of delve into that. Um, okay. Do you believe there's like these, uh, quote unquote, like trenders? Like, like where, mental health trenders? Yes. Yeah. Like people who yeah, maybe not some, fake it, but just... just yeah, sorry. Over, overstate it? Oh, for sure there is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's fair enough. I think, you'd be, I think we'd be I think we'd be insane not to, just knowing how the internet operates. Like the internet operates off of doing ridiculous things for attention. So there are gonna be people that have like there might be somebody that has like ADHD, but they might overplay it or oversell it to kind of get that like attention for it. Okay. Um yeah. online. So yeah, I think there's I think there's more of a fad of being performative with the issues you have. Maybe not so much performative or like um a fad of like actually having the thing themselves the thing itself. But I'm sure that that also exists. I'm sure there's some people that self-diagnose to high degrees. Um Do you think self-diagnostic Oh, I nearly I said that's completely wrong. Do you think self-diagnosing um has any utility or do you think it's just like a, as you said a, a cancer on people's minds? I think it's a starting point if you're going to go see somebody to actually get a diagnosis. But if you're going to self-diagnose yourself and say that you'd have this thing for like 100% sure, I think that is a fad and I think that is a cancer on people's brains. Yeah. Okay. I would agree with you there. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess, why do you think, well, okay, I guess first I should ask, do you agree that uh, this whole self-diagnosing thing has become more popular with the internet? Oh, yeah, for sure. And then my next question is, um, why do you think that? Because uh, we have excess information and people will read and then people will read into their symptoms and then they will just assume that they have those um, those symptoms instead of getting like a secondhand, um, secondhand opinion on that. And it's just a lot easier for you to think that you have this issue that you need to deal with than going yeah. and seeing a doctor because once again, you could be wrong. And if you are wrong, what is it? It kind of puts you in this like weird, uncomfortable position again. So, right. So, so do you think people, because that kind of implies that people no longer want to um, get better in a way? So, like, for example, if, uh, say, I had a rash on my hand and mm-hmm. I Googled it and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it will go away in a few days, um, mm-hmm. I would probably still go to the doctors because. Mm-hmm. It's a rash on my hand. It's pretty serious. So I'm guessing by what you said, it kind of implies that people don't want to get better, but instead just want to have a label. Would you agree with that assessment of what you said? Or um, Yes and no. I think people do want to get better, but I think that people have really bad ideas of what actually makes them better. Um, okay. So for example, like you'll have people that like, you know, I'll use myself for example. I don't know if I have ADHD or not. Um, I'm somebody who struggles with tasks. I struggle to organize. I struggle to stay focused. But realistically, I can do all those things as long as I, as long as I have like the the discipline to do those. Right. right. So it could be that all those issues are because of like undiagnosed ADD that I don't know about, or it just could be that I'm like a procrastinator by heart. Right. It could be right. other things, but I might use the ADHD to escape like any credibility for that. And it might be that I might do certain things like consume copious amounts of caffeine or, um, you know, do tasks a certain way like I'm doing now, like playing games and talking to you 
um, yeah. all through like the justification of ADHD and like with the lens that it's like, it's quote unquote helping me. Right. Yeah. Um, so in a sense, I do want to get better, but it could be the fact that because I never actually go and get a proper diagnosis and I don't properly address the problems at hand, that I'm not actually going to get better. And the labeling myself before anybody else has had a chance to um, basically fact check that with me is kind of like that's that tends to be more of the cancer that people people engage in. Right. And obviously, there's the whole problem. I'm sure you would agree uh, that people don't really understand the symptoms. Like, for example, um, yeah. <laughs> someone might read what it is to be bipolar and then, yep. um, you know, they might actually just be a teenager with hormones, <laughs> you know, with yeah. the mood swings and everything. Yeah, I think sometimes people forget like what, especially if you don't honestly got if you don't spend a lot of time with other people in like social based settings, you can forget just what it means to be like a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> honest to God, that. yeah. And then you'll yeah you'll see like these symptoms, and you're like, oh my God, I'm bipolar, and it's just like, no, you're just you're just a person kind of going through some shit, and you know you have good moments, bad moments, and as everybody does, and yeah, uh, yeah I think I think people just sometimes need to. They they need to have better um, perspectives and like ways of ways of assessing the world. So, do you think this is just something of people having a bit too much spare time? Because I I come from like a relatively poor family in um, mm -hmm. in the UK. So obviously that's not as poor as a poor family in the US. But I just feel like mm -hmm. it was like very working class. My dad was always out. My mom was always out. Um, and it, all the people around my area didn't seem to have this problem, right? Um, mm. I don't know if that's just because they're busy, but I feel like these issues at least the fake ones obviously depression can hit anyone um but i mean like the self-diagnostic mm -hmm. people would you agree with that 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 might be a cause of people just having too much time nowadays um yeah for sure i think it could be like a cause of having too much alone time like non-constructive alone time so right. i think there's i think there's healthy alone time and i think there's unhealthy alone time and I think being on social media sometimes is one of those unhealthy alone times. Because realistically, like if I'm on Twitter, I'm not with people. I'm with myself yeah. reading other people's shit, interpreting that solely on my own, mm. um, potentially with no potentially with no pushback at all. Um, For sure. But still having the alone time to introspect and kind of like look at yourself and the actions that you're taking, I think is really healthy. Um, so I don't even know if it's like so much spare time as it is just unhealthy alone time. So. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, okay, so moving on, uh, what do you think of the worldwide handling of COVID? Do you think we did it well? Do you think we messed up? Uh, what, what do you think in general? Um, I think it would depend on what we, what our goal we wanted to be. Um, obviously, like from. No, not even then. I think we did a poor job, honest to God. Yeah. Um. I think. Yeah. I think humanity always struggles with crises of this, like this caliber. Um. Just because we we are at the end of the day, we are so separated still, as much as we are connected. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, and I think our I think our unwillingness to maybe sacrifice a little bit personally for everything kind of happening. I think sometimes ends up affecting the the amount we're able to get done right um, and i think covid was like a really good example of that um because i think it could have been i think i think if we were more cohesive and more able to come together i think we probably could have dealt with it better but 
I, I honestly don't know. Could be that, you know, we come together, we go to deal with it really well, and then some other problem arises from the the style of um, containment that we dealt with, right? You never you never truly know. Because it could be that we all we all work together really well. We deal with COVID, we do the lockdowns and stuff, and then a bunch of people come to power and use that to, you know, actually remove freedoms that don't need to be removed when things go back to normal, right? Kind of like <laughs> kind of like what we're seeing now. Um, from the half acidness, we might have seen that from a like a proper response as well. Yeah. Um, or it could be that we, because we were so cohesive that people weren't able to drive fear, and there was so much understanding and empathy and everything that that fear was never able to take hold, and we actually deal with it really well. So okay. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so it's basically you're just saying it's like multifaceted. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. well, in terms of okay, so let, let let's break it down. Um, would you say? economically we handled it well um i think certain countries did for sure i think we're i think we're obviously experiencing probably some of the because everything comes with the cost obviously yeah um i i think i think we did good at supporting certain groups of people and i think we did really poor at supporting other groups of people like office workers i think were supported really really well um in terms of being you know getting like the, the covid benefits and things like that for being able to stay home and you know being able to work for home yeah. but i think there is a lot of people that were on like the front lines um you know the the essential services quote unquote um that kind of got fucked from being in those lower those lower levels of society that we just did not we did not look after as well and i think okay. there's probably from for some people anyways that i've spoken to there is definitely a little bit of resentment there for sure um, yeah yeah uh, understandably and, so yeah yeah for sure understandably for sure um it would be super frustrating seeing like office people being told um like i had, I had one story that somebody shared with me like being told that like you know they're they're a plague rat because they were on the front lines and they got sick and they're like super frustrated that they didn't have the support system for sure um that other other groups of people did and there leads to like resentment and kind of like poison thoughts um, right. But I totally get what like where they're coming from. I'd probably be super resentful too. So, um, uh, can I ask yeah, I, what I, you I do cool. for a job, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, for sure. I do. Uh, I do residential concrete. Okay. So we do placing and finishing and stuff like that. So, were you affected quite a bit by COVID, or was, did you count um, as like a no. key worker? Uh, uh, I mean, I was counted as a key worker, and we weren't really affected. If anything, we boomed. Oh, we sick. were super busy. Yeah. Nice. So, because everybody had cash and they were built, they were buying new homes, and of course, we were, yeah. we were actually, yeah, we were actually super busy. If anything, now that COVID stopped, we're slowing down quite a bit. So, right, okay, that's fair enough. Are you like uh, salaried to a certain company, or are you like a contractor? No, I'm like I'm an hourly worker. So, okay, sick. Um, okay, uh, so I guess naturally moving on, what do you what do you think about the Canadian response to COVID? So, I've done a little bit of research into this. And I feel mm -hmm. like it was uh, pretty, pretty far. Um, mm -hmm. At least I wouldn't feel comfortable having that much uh, enforcement from government. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I've got three, three points here, I guess we could talk about. Now, these are obviously quite extreme points because um, you can disagree and, and say I'm just wrong on uh, the Canadian response because obviously you lived there and you went through it. Um, mm -hmm. But like, for example, one of them was banning people from leaving airports. Um, if you didn't have a vaccine, you weren't mm -hmm. allowed to f leave the country basically by air. Uh, do you think mm -hmm. that's okay, or do you think that's a bit of an overreach from government? No, I think that's fine. I think there's a lot, there's other things that we ask travelers to vaccinate for when they go to other places. Um, so I, 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 oh, sorry, sorry. 
Yeah, so, I, I think it's fine COVID wise too. I think we as like we as Canadians would have a little bit of a responsibility to make sure that we're not sending people to other parts of the world to infect others. So I, I'm probably generally okay with that. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. So it boils down to you think as a country you have a obligation to make sure your citizens aren't basically spreading a virus in another country. Yeah, and I would hope that other countries just wouldn't be sending their sick over here to, you know, infect people and kind of mess with our healthcare system. I would assume, I would hope that like that, that courtesy is extended both ways. So, see, that's understandable. But what do you think about like basically banning people from leaving a country? Uh, do you not think that's quite far, or or would you just no, go back to what you said before? Well, I don't know. Do you think like criminals should be able to leave the country? Because we have them on record, we'll be able to track them. Uh, so do you think they should be able to leave? If it is a, so it depends if they serve their time. Because okay, uh, well, it depends if you get vaccinated. <laughs> like that's right. Like we can we can throw conditions on all of it, right? That, that that's kind of the point. Is like we we okay. have conditions for certain things that people have to like fulfill in order to in order to get other other luxuries, right? Um. I think the biggest thing is like, especially in the Canadian Charter, our rights our rights are not absolute. They're subject to, um, they're subject to like limitations. It's actually right. part of ours, um, and I think I think that's just like a reality of um, of life. For like, let's say for example, let's say you can leave the country, but on every plane you got on, there was like a ninety two like a ninety percent chance that that plane would get shot out of the air the minute right. it left Canadian airspace. Do you think the Canadian government would have like an obligation to stop airplanes from leaving, or do you think you, the Canadian government should just allow, allow anybody to kind of leave the country? Uh, I think, and you'll probably disagree with me here. I think as long as they let people know the chances, I think they should allow it. Um, I, I feel okay. like freedom of movement should never really be restricted unless you've like broken a crime in said country. Um, so yeah. I, I guess what it boils down to is. Do you think being vaccinated should be a legal requirement to, I guess, have human rights? In my opinion, I be, I be, I feel like being able to leave a country is a fundamental well, flying, human right. Flying on a plane and leaving the country, I don't think is like, a, is that a fundamental human right? I think in your freedom of movement. I actually think freedom of movement is literally a human right. But um, in the Would context... Still, like, within fun, countries or like just on the planet in general? Um. Well, I believe, uh, I would have to Google the definition of freedom of movement, but let's just go for, um, let, let, let's move with our own definition here. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, yes, I, I think unless you've like broke, cause obviously freedoms can be removed, you know, you get, if you murder mm-hmm. someone, you're not gonna be able to move around the country. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't think it should be a country's obligation to stop someone from leaving said country. I feel like that's pretty scary now if the other country wants to reject that person and send them back i think that's fine because i feel like that's a different like transaction right you're accepting someone on rather than stopping them from leaving um and now i understand what you're saying because obviously airplanes are quite expensive you know like uh it should you just be able to like cross the u.s border basically um Mm -hmm. and that's more of a tricky one but i'm saying i don't think you should um i don't think it should be like okay okay let me let me uh let me think about how i'm gonna phrase this i don't think 
Uh, let's just use Canada and the US for ex- as an example. I don't think Canada mm-hmm. should put up fences on their side of the border to stop Canadians from leaving. Okay. It should be to either stop US people from getting in and that's it. I don't, so like obviously if the US put up a wall, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. They don't want people coming in. But I don't think ca- Canada as a government should be able to put up said wall um, and stop people from leaving. Uh, now, I think that's like similar with the airplane example, especially Canada, because it's such a big country. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if airlines want to block people from leaving, because, you know, in the end, it's their property, they can do what they want. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's fair. So I, I guess what I should ask is, do you think countries should be able to basically trap people inside? Uh, there's going to be some people within the country that I think they should be trapped inside. Yeah, absolutely. Which you would probably also agree with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Do, you, so, do you think of that? Like, oh, so sorry. Well, I was going to say, I think that like the, the country also, like we have passports for, for certain reasons, right? Like arguably I can't leave the country, right? I'm trapped in Canada because I don't own a passport. I don't own a valid passport. I can't go to the border. I can't go on a plane. I can't leave the country. I'm stuck here, Right. The question, right. I guess my question to you would be, do you think that go, like governments should require documentation for traveling in and out of the countries? Or do you think it should just be like, like you just, you go regardless of whether you have documentation of who you are, or where you're going? So it's actually a difficult one because yeah. I understand why we have it for security mainly and also keeping track of people. But do I mm-hmm. think, God, do I, I, it's difficult because there's also the argument that uh, airports are international ground. Um, mm-hmm. Now they're not, but like uh, legally they're not. Obviously, it's Canada. But um, for all intents and purposes, once you've exited the like, once you've entered the airport, like past the terminal, you're mm-hmm. no longer like Canada doesn't think you're in the country anymore, right? Because you you signed out mm-hmm. basically. Um, so, do I think you should just be able to leave? Uh, probably not. That's a really good point okay. you brought up. Um, yeah, and that's and that's kind of like the thing I see with like the vaccination is it's like one more documentation that they they are allowing you to like leave the country, whether you, like whether you agree with it or not. It's just it's just another step that you need um, are required to like to be able to do that thing. Okay, um, so that's fair enough. Um, okay, that, that was a good little discussion. That um, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, what, what do you think about the enforcement of masks? Do you think they should have? I think they were legally required, at least in some government jobs, um, mm-hmm. from what I read up. Do you think that should have been a thing, or do you think? Now I'm all for masks, just to clarify, but I just think it's an interesting topic. Um, yeah, I think I was. I think I'm okay with like um, with having masks in like in you know, 100% public areas, like you have like libraries, government buildings, things that are paid for with tax dollars, because you want to maximize the amount of people that are able to use those services. Um, if it's like a private business that doesn't want to do it, it is what it is. I think I think when we had the height of it, I think it was probably good that the government stepped in and was like, hey, um, we need to do this because we need to reduce the spread. But now that people are vaccinated, I think it's more of a choice that the private businesses can make. Um, it was that like sac- like that that kind of cost benefit time of, kind of style at that point, um, and now that the now that the cost of like enforcing it isn't quite as um, beneficial as it was now that most most people are vaccinated, I think you can be a little bit more lax on it. 
but I think originally probably having people mask up um, was a good was overall a good thing. So okay, fair enough. I'd hundred uh, percent agree with that. Um, okay. So as so okay, I've just written here banning non-vaccinated people from jobs. Now that isn't a thing, um, mm-hmm. but from government jobs, do you think they should ban non-vaccinated people from government jobs? Uh, talking about the COVID vaccine here. From government jobs. Um, yep, I think was, I, yeah, I think once again you can make it like a uh, a prerequisite for your um, for like the position that you want to hold, right? Like you go there's there's lots of jobs that you go to that have like educational or um, volunteering or um, kind of like status um, prerequisites that aren't always like the worst things in the world. Um, there's certain jobs that that's just going to be required. Like for example, as an airplane pilot, um, you can't like you can't engage in like alcohol or drugs for certain time frames. Right. Um, I think those are probably good restrictions for that level of job because there is like, um, there's a lot of issues that arise from using both those substances. So to minimize it, you ask people that if they're going to engage in this job, they have to kind of, uh, adhere to these, these specifications. I think if you want to, you as a government want to make that one of them that you want to, um, maximize again, the protection of your, your employees because it is a public job and everybody's kind of paying into it. I have no, I have no issue with that. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, no, that doesn't, that question would not make sense because if everyone thought the vaccine wasn't good, I, 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 by nature of government, I don't think it'd be like a enforced. I don't think most people would, yeah, would go for it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let me just scroll up a little bit on this document. So what do you think of the old, S word socialism. You're a fan. Do you think there's some good ideas? Uh, um, think? I think there's definitely some good ideas. Like the collectivism is probably pretty pretty based, where people you know get together, um, only kind of using what they need to. Um, you know, the not hoarding, the more the more democratic means in the workplace. I think the frustrating part is the people that co-opt it are just the worst. <laughs> right. <laughs> the worst fucking advocates for it, um, which is kind of frustrating. Um, but, Could you give an example you know, of that, if you don't mind? Um, I, I think terminally online, the I can't give you direct examples of it, but some yeah, of the just some of the yeah some of the people I've talked to in the past is just um, depending on how fervorless you are or yeah how fervored you are about the idea, um, it can be almost too much. I think it's a good idea to like push to people, but you have to realize that there's going to be a lot of skepticism that people are going to have around the idea, and if you're if you're ill-equipped to deal with that skepticism because you're too bought into the ideology, you as an advocate probably aren't going to be somebody that needs to be talking about that stuff. Right. That's fair enough. Um, okay. So how about like co-ops? I know you said co-ops, but co-ops, do you think they're a yeah, good idea? Yeah, I think, I think a co-op would be a pretty good idea. Okay. Um, I, think it, I think for some people, the idea of a co-op is really hard because they can, they can all kind of like pull back to scenarios where the people they were working with were kind of shitty. Right. Um, and the idea of like, you know, that person having the same say in a company that they do um, when they're working harder than the other one or doing a better job than the other person can be really difficult. But I think overall, the idea of co-ops is pretty cool. Okay, so... so I'd like to see I'd like to see more of them for sure. Yeah. Um, do you think they, they would work? Um, yeah, I think given time. Okay. I, think, I think if we had... I don't think they'd work very well right now unless you had um very specific kind of personality types to be involved with them right and i think that personality type is somebody that is willing to have awkward and difficult conversations with other people in a non-judgmental way 
because there is a lot of people in society that cannot voice uh, issues or problems that they have in a workplace or at home and things like that and they're problems that go unaddressed and they fester right. and I think having people that are able to communicate in very um, very everyday ways very um, comforting very empathetic very understanding i think is really good for co-ops but i don't know if most people are like that right now but i think if you had like a culture of that i think i think co-ops would do would do really well so okay sick um fair enough i actually really like that response because most people just point to that one study um <laughs> oh yeah yes i actually really like that response um okay moving on to more terminally online stuff because we love that based uh, what do you think of cancellations? Think cancel culture is good? Where do we draw the line? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think there's, I think the easiest, I think the way that we do cancel culture is really cringe. I think there's probably a way you could do it that just doesn't give those people attention, um, but allows them to still have their platform anyways, or gives you like the opportunity to stand like against those ideas. Right. Um, I think the way that we engage it with like the vitriol, and the the anger that we have kind of like that goes along with it, I think is really cancerous. But I think there is like people that you really don't need to listen to their message. So I think there's probably like a way of ignoring them and addressing them without being as angry as people are. Okay. Um, could you, if you don't want me asking, could you give an example mm -hmm. of someone you think we shouldn't listen to who has been canceled? Shouldn't listen to that has been canceled. Oh. Oh, I think probably Kanye West with all his anti-Semitic remarks, and probably that's probably somebody you could. That was my next to. topic. That was my next topic. Yeah, wasn't it nice? Yeah, I love Let's Mr. See. West. Psychic. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I think there's and there's like even some of the other the other like pundits and stuff online. Like if you really don't, you you I don't know. I just I I don't like all the hate that's filled with a lot of the online stuff. And I think there is like a way that you don't have to you don't have to give those people a platform um, necessarily. And you can kind of ignore them or address their ideas other ways, or you can even have them on and address them. Just don't, just don't look to like eradicate them off the internet because I don't, I just, I don't think that works. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. So going on to Mr. West now, obviously okay. to preface this, cause I'm, I'm going to go into a little bit of a uh, long question where it sounds like I'm defending him. His takes recently have obviously been fucked up and mm -hmm. in no way do I support what he said, but do you believe that maybe an argument could be made that the response to what he said is pretty overblown. So for example, obviously there was an example of his uh, bank getting frozen beforehand, because obviously that doesn't have anything to do with this. But now a lot of other banks are also like stopping him from being able to use it. And I think mm -hmm. stopping someone as influential as him, because he is influential, both in rap, in culture, you know, he's very influential. Stopping him from having basic, what I would argue is a basic human, uh, almost like an organ. Like you need a bank nowadays. Like if you don't yeah, have a bank, bank you're, account, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're toast, yeah. So do you think maybe the response could be a little more extreme than what is deserved? Because I, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, for sure you could definitely have that have that perspective and I think I think it's probably valid if you have like that idea that like a bank account is is kind of a human right that you need to exist and this, to some degree it is right like if you want to if you want to pay for anything or you want to do anything or 
um, you need a service, you need money. And the biggest place that people keep their money is in a bank, right? So it is kind of, there is an argument that you need some kind of institution um, in order to, in order to hold on to your money so that you, so you can spend it on a later date. Um, right. I mean, this would probably just kind of lead to the argument that you need like a, at least one government centralized institution that deals with that, that anybody can use regardless of. Um, would you in, be in support of that or? Yeah, I probably would be. Yeah. Okay. So that you, that you know that like you always have access to that and you could, it would be easy, a lot easier to help like with social programs and stuff like that. Cause you wouldn't have, there wouldn't be all this like unnecessarily red tape or shit that to deal with when you have like, if your bank, if you're like a poor person, your bank account is basically the government. They're able to give you the money like directly to you, help you manage it, give you advice, right? Like it'd be neat to have, yeah, like, that'd be great. um, yeah, we need to have like a financial center that you could go to as a poor person and get all this advice for free and have like people help you manage your money as they're like supporting you in certain ways. I think that'd be really cool. Um, and then, yeah, you would never have to worry that like your bank account's going to leave or, you know, it's going to be something that's shut on you or something like that. Cause it is like money is unfortunately a necessary thing in today's society. So yeah. Uh, you you say unfortunately, uh, could you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, my perfect ideal society doesn't have money, but... How um, would that work, if you don't mind me asking? You know what? Don't know. I, I <laughs> Honestly, here's the thing, though, is like, if we, if you never had to, you know, if you never needed money and you just went and did your job, got what you need, went back home and enjoyed your life, right? It would look, it would look exactly like it does now. It's just money wouldn't be changing hands, right? Right. Um, if you know, it's more of like a Star Trek universe. That's why I say my ideal world, right? right? And then there's, I have, I have two worlds. I have an ideal world and I have my realistic world. In my okay. realistic world, we need money. In my ideal world, money wouldn't exist. So, Okay, that's fair enough. Um, so back to Mr. West. Uh, yeah. If he wasn't banned, do you think that maybe there'd be, more, there'd be more of a focus on arguing against his viewpoints, whether it be in replies or whatever, rather than what really is happening at the moment is all of the big political pundits are kind of just shitting on him? And, you know... Um, no. Nah. No, no, I think people would still just shit on him. Yeah, I think people would just still shit on him. That's what people like. That's what people enjoy. People enjoy being bullies. That's fair. So. But do you think by removing him from the platform, you've kind of just removed the ability to argue against him? I'm not saying everyone would, but do you not think, say we have Rob123, who loves Kanye, mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, fuck the Jews. Um, mm -hmm. And now we have Bob625, who um, comes in and like, you know, proves him wrong. Do you not think that that's better than straight up just removing him from, I know he hasn't been removed from most platforms because he's, he's Mr. Kanye West. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, let's be honest, it's probably going to happen sometime down the line. Um, do you, well, I mean, I, I mean, I could, I could argue with the no name accounts and still have like Kanye not be there. Um, the re the reality is, is like Kanye West will never listen to anybody's, um, criticism overall online as an individual person he might listen to it as like a wave of criticism right if that makes sense like it, not an individual but like a, a group collective of criticism but even then um it's probably going to be very limited there's probably instead going to be people that he surrounds himself with that he's going to have maybe take their opinions a little more seriously and even from sounding of that um it sounds like there's issues surrounding that with people him not listening to people around him about certain things so no i don't think i don't think him being off a platform would necessarily stop others from challenging the ideas being spouted so that's fair enough i i guess yeah with someone except for i will say 
except for it will take it out of the consciousness of like the forefront of people's minds because it's no longer there to see. Only in that sense will it limit maybe the the arguments that people put forth for it. But overall, I don't think there's going to be like a crazy significant impact on ability to counter those bad ideas. So, okay, that's fair enough. Um, do you think now? Obviously, I'm using Khan as an example here, but I just I'm, I'm more trying to like just give an example to extrapolate from. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that maybe with what's happened? Do you think he has almost to himself? I'm not saying this is true, but to himself, do you think it's kind of like proven what he said to himself? Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. I think I think one of the worst things is like when we when you do it in this fashion and like all those banks start to follow suit, what it ends up happening is the people that are like watching and have these conspiracy theories go, ha ha, see, they don't want yeah, to speak yeah. the truth. He is right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely something that you have to be you have to be aware of. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so all in all, yeah. your uh, four uh, like cancellations, like deplatforming. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think you have to do something pretty extreme to get um, deplatformed. I don't think it's just like enough to. I think you got to be calling for violence, or you got to be you got to be seeing some like legit hateful shit. Um, I think like I think like making, you know, we always say the making jokes, but. I think somebody's. Right. I think some people's comedy is based off of like bullying others. For sure. So I yeah. think when it's that st that style of comedy, I don't think it's probably the best. But I think I think for the most part, people should have pretty pretty free reign of what they're able to say or or talk about. So. Okay, that's fair enough. What do you think the discourse will lead to? Do you think we're getting more extreme? Do you think we'll slowly get back together? Um, Where do you think it's heading? Nah, I think I think we're getting more extreme. I think we're getting more personable or more personal on the way that we deal with people we're like super aggressive um where we we, tr we try to make it like hurt instead of like trying to get our points across right. um my hope is that we, it seems it seems to be with every kind of form of communication there always seems to be issues um that arise from it my hope is that we get better at it um okay but my my assumption is that we'll get we'll just get worse and it'll just kind of break down further do you think we so, can turn back or do you think it's too late in um, the most cliche way? Of no, I think there's always, I think there's always time to turn back. I don't think we've had the the heart attack yet, you know, for the, for the obesity comparison. I think we can still, I think we can still turn it around, but I think people would have to want to um, be better. I think that, I think they'd have to actually want to put in the effort to um, make the internet a more enjoyable experience. I don't think most people kind of really want to do that. So okay that's fair enough um yeah okay moving in a completely different direction here uh okay do you think local politics is more important than uh well they call it federal but let's just say national politics mm -hmm. oh for sure 100 percent. so are you in favor yeah. of a i think they call it like small government like where it gets bigger the lower you are uh i mean i think there needs to be multiple levels the more you the more you expand. Um, but I think the fact that we exist on a local level just kind of necessitates that like local politics are the most, the most important. It's kind of where everything starts. It's your foundation. I like to think of it like a, it should be like a pyramid to some degree, right? Where your, your local is going to be your base. And then there's going to be your middle, which is like your provincial for us. And then your federal is going to be your, is going to be the top of the pyramid. And it, it tends to be the smallest portion, but it's the tends to be the one that we focus on the most. Do you think um, people should focus on it the most, or do you think that's a mistake? 
I think it's a mistake. Okay. I think it should be. I think it should be still a focus, but I think it needs to be. I think it needs to be your third focus. I think people need to be. And and I mean, I fail at this too myself. Um, but I, I try to. I try to still watch like city council meetings when I can. Yeah. Um, and th- and like kind of engage with my local papers and my scenes and my my you know my kids' school and stuff like that. Um, I think all that kind of like plays into the local politics scene, and I think people need to do it more. So I think it'll make you. I think it'll make you not so doomerish <laughs> from the. The just constant bar- barrage of shit that you get online so right yeah no that's fair um so obviously earlier you said you were a globalist and believed mm-hmm. that we should probably all have we should all work together um mm-hmm. do you think these local do you okay uh do you think by making the local government stronger which could create some division between communities do you think that kind of goes against uh, the globalist agenda? That, that sounds like some conspiracy, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think potentially by not having a strong national government that you could actually end up fracturing uh, like the national spirit? No, I think actually the exact opposite. I think having I think one of the things we've lost over the number of years has been the local political base. I don't think people are as engaged in local politics as they once were, and you can kind of tell this by like, the fact a lot of the votes tend to be um, tend to be from older older citizens at your local level, um, and then when people complain about shit not getting done in their city or how their cities look or kind of the the local economies and shit like that shit, it's affected by your provincial and your and your federal. But a lot of that comes down to your local levels. Um, I think the exact opposite would happen. I think if people engaged more with their local politics, um, it would give them better understandings of how things actually operate from day to day, and I think it would actually end up. Um, pushing people to understand federal politics a little bit more and how things actually like work and operate. I think, I think right now one of the biggest things that people um, have is like government seems really shady because they don't understand it. And that seems really scary. Right. Um, But once you go and engage with like shit at a local level, you realize that it operates a lot. It operates very similarly at a local level as it does a federal level. It's just more, more operating parts and, and things like that. And I think once you realize that politics isn't that scary or like this conspiratorial when you engage with the local level, it makes it easier to understand kind of what's happening at a federal level. Okay. So that's a, that's a very good answer. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let me scroll through this little document a little bit more. I think, should we say two more questions and then call it a day? It's been a really good conversation. Um, sure. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Whatever you need. Okay. Sick. Uh, so sorry give me two seconds i'll cut this out the video okay it'll look perfect (laughs) okay sounds good man (laughs) your world i'm just living in it (laughs) um okay uh okay i guess i could ask you thoughts on like certain content creators let's send it up now actually let me ask you uh yeah let's let's shit talk talk. yeah let's go (laughs) hell yeah so obviously, just before I called you, you were watching Destiny. So I'm guessing a fan, or is it just because he's everywhere? You kind of feel like you. No, need to... no, I'm a, I, I enjoy his content. I think he okay. does pretty good stuff overall. Do you think he's like? Okay, what do you think about this recent? Um, hold on, sorry. Let me rephrase that. What do you yeah, think about him moving away from politics recently? Um, I think it's not too surprising. Um. I think there's a lot of people that have just kind of whether now whether he want to admit it or not, or whether this is how he actually feels. I think a lot of people have just kind of grown tired of 
the politics scene, it was kind of the same conversations over and over again with right. the same talking points online. And it just, honestly, God, it felt like being on repeat for some of them. Um, even listening to some of them, I would just, it honestly, God, most of the part of it was just background noise because they were, they were so similar. Yeah. Um, I think, I think doing the, the content, the content that he's doing now, more of the change my mind. The that, red yeah, I saw stuff. that actually. That was quite good. Yeah, I think that's I think that stuff is really interesting because I think it's it's more um, it's more what kind of people are thinking about nowadays. Um, right. Because I think a lot of people after COVID now kind of realize that they're unhappy in life. For sure. Um, yeah. So. Do you think we are in a mental health crisis after um, COVID, or do you believe that it will kind of just pass? I guess. No, I think we are. I think I think COVID, I think COVID was the catalyst to like the lonely apocalypse. Um, I think people were close as it was before, and then when COVID kind of started, I think it I think it finished it off. Right. Um, I think now we have we have people that do feel very lost, um, looking for looking for like purpose and shit in really bad areas. Um, when we see that like one in seven men don't have friends like that's pretty scary um, one is that true one in seven men don't even have friends yeah, yeah i, I want to read the study but that, that seems to be which is really depressing yeah that's really sad um man. yeah when you have a lot of people that feel like they'll you know you have these young men that feel like they'll never be in relationships when they're in like their fucking early 20s and they've already given up on like um that kind of that kind of aspect of life i think that's really sad and i think that is something we need to address right um but I think the issue with this is that people are hoping to, I think a lot of people are hoping to find like quick solutions to issues. Right. Um, when the reality is, is like a lot of these things that you need to, that you want in life and that you need to, that you, that you want to kind of go after is we're going to require a lot of work and might require a lot of failure and might not even be obtainable. Um, I think most people probably could find a, find somebody to be in a relationship with, be pretty happy, be pretty fulfilled. But I think it would be, I think they would need to set realistic standards about what they could accomplish in life in order to kind of meet those, um, meet kind of like that status in life. So, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. It is, it's a bit yeah. depressing, right? <laughs> the whole it is a little depressing. Yeah. Like it, it kind of sucks. Like, um, and, and I can relate definitely to like the loneliness that people, people experience i mean I, i've been there i understand it and i've been pretty fortunate to have like a a partner for a number of years that supports me and is my rock but um it can be really hard if you're all by yourself and you feel like you have no support system to just be like hey just you know you you a lot of this self-fixing is going to have to come from you um it, it can feel almost near impossible to to dig yourself out of that hole um, yeah, for sure. and as it as it probably should and i definitely think we need to be um we need to be looking to address that more, whether it's people going to therapy, whether it's having more like social programs for people to get out of the house and go meet people. Um, whether when it's, you like, say social programs, like, pro yeah. sorry, I don't interrupt. Um, but when you yeah. say social programs, do you mean like government founded, like, like, oh, like youth clubs? I don't know if you guys have them over there or do you mean just like um, clubs yeah, could, and stuff? Yeah, it could be that. It could be making people aware, better aware of like the activities that your community is um, kind of engaging in, like public libraries, um clubs community organizations right whether it's sports or um hobby wise um it could be that people just don't that these things are going on and people just don't realize they're going on 
Um, yeah. So it just might be that we need people to um, to be aware of those more. Yeah. So kind of from like, like that social, those kind of social programs type deals. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, and just to like extrapolate off of that, I also feel like now we're probably going to go into a fat recession. Um, mm. So it's going to be even harder to like afford to be able to go out and meet people. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere, I might be getting a number wrong. So in London, it's really pretty expensive. If you want a pint, it'll probably cost you about six quid. Um, oh, okay. But they estimate in like a couple of years, it's going to go up to like nearly 10 pounds for a single drink. Like that's insane. Holy shit. Um, that is insane. But, See, my- but even, even, even that could be like easily counteracted by going and getting yourself a 24 pack getting a couple of neighbors together and having some beers with them, right? It's already going to be cheaper. Oh, for sure, for then. sure. Yeah. Um, I guess... Yeah, and I think that... Uh, oh, sorry. Um, oh, go ahead. I guess the thing is... Uh, I don't know what it's like in, Amer- uh, in America, in Canada, but at least mm. over here, I feel like people don't talk to their neighbors as much over more. Is that something which yeah. happens over there? Um, it depends on what neighborhood you're living in. I think if when you're in the cities and you kind of have to be forced to get to know other people... Um, because you're already so tight knit. I think that's I think that's pretty still still quite a thing. I think it's more the suburbs that seem to be um not as chatty with their neighbors sometimes, depending on what kind of suburb you're in. So okay, but then it could, could just be it could just be people that are feeling once again lonely. Um they feel feel they could once again it could go back to that self diagnosis. Um, they could be like, oh, I have social anxiety, so there's no point in engaging because, you know, it's just not going to work out. People don't enjoy me. Um, right. When in the reality is you might be actually like a really, really decent individual. You just need a little bit of self-confidence to get out there and enjoy time with other people. So, For sure. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult one because I, you know, apologies to sex. Um, I 100% agree. I just don't know how we'd even start to fix it. Uh, mm. Do you have any like well, ideas? Mean, the, yeah, the first thing would just be getting out of your house. Um, so like if you're somebody that even just struggles to leave the house, the best thing you could go do, go do a 10-minute walk around your block. Just get sure. yourself out there. Make it make yourself realize that, hey, it's not as scary as, as I think it is out here. Um, just kind of like getting familiar with your neighborhood and that, and like that kind of stuff will will start the bedrock of being able to engage with other people, right? It's all baby steps. Um, I mean, the old saying is, you know, you got to walk, you got to learn to walk before you can run. Right. And uh, it, it'd be nice if more people were just willing to take like the walking steps um, for certain things. So, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, okay. So final question here, because uh, okay. I was going to ask you about more content creators, but I feel like we kind of diverged. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, no, you're good, man. Uh, so far, anyways, my wife hasn't said otherwise. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you recommend any online creators? Whether it be Twitter, uh, YouTube, Twitch. Yeah, this guy barely political. He's pretty oh, cool. True, true. He seems pretty based. True. It's funny um, yeah, because actually, I... You know sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's funny because underneath the little... Uh, I'll send it to you on Discord right now. Um, okay. I can't send it. I'll send it after because it will mess up my OBS. Um, oh, okay. I've got the question, any you recommend in brackets, which aren't me. So I expect that. <laughs> it's <laughs> all right funny. through it. I, I was just going to go through my thing. I really like Death of Certainty. He seems like a pretty a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like he's pretty easy to engage with. He's willing to call out um, ideas kind of on both sides he doesn't agree with. I really enjoy uh, Zonia. 
I've talked with her. How do you spell that? I'm just writing these down for future reference. Uh, Zonia is Z O N I A. Shit, I should check that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Yeah, N I A. Yeah. Okay, yep, yep, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, Hoodie, uh, Hoodie Vulp, he's pretty, he's pretty good stuff too. He does a lot of TikTok shit. Um, okay. They're, they're pretty decent content creators. I've had a lot of really good interactions with them. Um, as much as I've never chatted with him very much, except for like a couple of DMs here and there, I actually really enjoy Counterpoints. So, Counterpoints, I've heard of them. Um, yeah. I've heard their kind of... I might be completely wrong here. You can completely correct me. This is I'm, I just know what other people have told me. Mm-hmm. Is he like quite a debate person? He like does debates and stuff. Uh, yeah, he does. He does debates and conversations. I think he now more he's though he's more known. I think for his Warhammer 40k shit. Oh, sick! He's a nerd. Yeah. I also oh yeah, do that, he is so. like he's probably one of the people I've seen most into the. Um, oh yeah, his whole channel is just 40k 40. stuff. Yeah, he's he started all the political stuff and then he just kind of like quietly switched <laughs> over to uh the the warhammer 40k stuff yeah i think i think there's a lot of good smaller content creators i don't know it seems to be when you reach a certain size you just kind of like fucking lose your mind so uh anyone you're referencing uh all the desk most of the destiny orbiters right now in that drama that shit is oh, i haven't i haven't followed it wild. tldr yeah, is it is it serious or um I I don't think it's really serious. I think it's just there's. I think it's kind of the realization that Destiny doesn't pick favorites, right? And it feels like Max wants him to pick a favorite. Um, and I think I don't. I think from the sounds of it, I have yet to watch all of it, but it doesn't sound like there's much of a resolution because neither are kind of willing to budge. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's. There seems to be like even well even some of the some of the other channels I've engaged with you'll have them where they don't they don't they say they don't engage in certain behavior, and then you watch them on Twitter for a while and it's like eventually they will engage with that <laughs> behavior like for <laughs> for for example like I've I potentially have a debate with Kevin Castley okay. on um, the fourth for um, he sent a tweet a while back it was like um, calling Destiny transphobic for saying L three L three. Right. Um, clearly transphobic. The, yeah, clearly. Well, it's because <laughs> Keffels was talking to H three H three, and I wanted to talk to him about that tweet because I'm super curious what the mindset was of sending that tweet, because I don't see Kevin Castle as somebody who's stupid who would engage with drama, but yet he's tweeting things on a platform that doing exactly that, engaging with drama, and it's just it's just like, well, how how it's did a bit you hypocritical? Yeah, is that yeah a little bit yeah, but it's like how did you how did you end up here, like how did you, how did we get here? This is just weird. It's just weird that you would be engaging in this behavior. So I kind of want to I kind of want to hear his mindset for tweeting that. So fair enough. That'll be interesting. So the fourth of November is it going to be on your channel? Uh yeah, we'll see if how long it lasts. I'm supposed to be on my best best behavior, or he'll kick me. So <laughs> that's fair enough. All right. Well, um, yeah. it's been a pleasure, my friend. Uh. Anyone yeah, who wants sure, to find Critical Canadian, all of his links can be found in the document below. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. It's been a good chat. Yeah, and... of course, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, all right. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, buddy.